You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled The Dynamic Duo, Part 4. Enjoy. Father, we thank you for your unstoppable word. We thank you for your living word that sets us free, that heals us, that provides for us, that has redeemed us completely, that has driven every fear out of our lives. And we come to you this morning with open hearts and Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us hear your voice, to help us respond to what you have to say to us this morning. Our ears are open, our eyes are open. We're focused on you just to know you. That's why we get up in the morning. That's why we do the things that we do, to grow closer to you. It's all about you. Our time on this earth is all about you. It's all about your amazing love. And we love you and thank you for the great work that you are about to do in our hearts this morning. And it's in your matchless name we pray. Amen. Last Sunday, we finished a three-part series that we started on Easter Sunday that was called The Ugly Duckling. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that, you can go onto our website, highwaychurch.us, and you can click on the podcast button. It's all free, and you can listen to The Ugly Duckling. It will help you see yourself as God sees you, to get a, a, a um, positive, godly powerful, strong, healthy image of yourself so that you can go forward and fulfill your destiny and become all that God has made you to be. So that was last Sunday. And what I'd like to do right now is I'd like to pick up with a series that we were in before Easter. So we're going to go back about four weeks to a series that was called The Dynamic Duo. You guys remember that? Yeah, well, we weren't, we weren't done yet. We just took a little, uh, little pause and we focused on something different for Easter. But we want to go back to that, the dynamic duo. Because we want you to know that there is a duo that's more dynamic than Batman and Robin. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Batman and Robin. I used to watch him as a kid and I thought no one could take Batman except maybe Superman. But the truth is, when you join your life with the Holy Spirit... You're far more dynamic and far more powerful, far more effective than all of the superheroes put together. And God desires to have a dynamic relationship with you. Well, what is a dynamic relationship with God? It's a relationship where you're allowing the Holy Spirit to bring about the change and the activity and the progress that he desires for you. You're allowing him to lead you in your life. And you're not making decisions based on fear or based on demographics or based on employment opportunities or based on family members. You're making decisions based on the Holy Spirit's voice in your life. And when you begin to do this, something dynamic happens. You begin to discover a realm of living that the world doesn't know about. You cross over from the world's way of living into God's way of living. God wants to take you to the other side. There's the world side of living where they're doing their best and they're trying, they're living life based on their understanding. 
and they're making decisions based on the advice of man or man's religion and man's philosophies, but there's a different way of living. It's making decisions based on the voice of God, based on the very word of God, based on a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And boy, is it dynamic. And when you're in this dynamic relationship with God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to bring about the change and the activity and the progress in your life, it produces things in you. And one of the things that it produces is a positive attitude. It does. Because when you put your trust in the one who made you and you realize how much he loves you, you begin to smile. Mm -hmm. Faith in the one who made you produces joy. It does. It's one of the most natural byproducts of trusting him. In fact, Psalm 1611 says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Wow. Can you put that up there, Eden, so we can see that? Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Amen. Amen. Wow. Philippians 4.4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord when the patriots win the Super Bowl. It says always, right? All the time. They don't always win the Super Bowl, do they? They've won four of them. That's pretty good. Yeah, rejoice in the Lord always. Look at this. Delight. Gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say rejoice. So when you're in this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're a happy person. You're glad. You're joyful. And God wants to encourage you this morning to not wait for the circumstances of your, of your life to change, but start delighting yourself in him now. We're going to do a little experiment. Can you help me out here? I want you to, I, I'm going to count to three, and on three I want you to look at me. And I want you to give me your, your worst, most disappointed, sad face you can give me. All right? On the count of three. I mean, like, bad. All right? One, two, three. Don't laugh. All right, and on three, I want you to do something. You're smiling. You can't smile. Disappointed. Come on, we're disappointed. We're, we're sad. Now on three, I want you to do something. I want you to give me your happiest, most glad face you've ever given. Ready? One, two, three. When you make yourself smile, things change. It's true. When you make the corners of your mouth go up, make your, put on a sad face, then, then, then smile. And you'll just, in that little simple physical act will actually make a difference. But what I'm talking about is something much more powerful than just that. It's a smile that's born out of a dynamic relationship with him, knowing that he's caring for you, that he's watching over you, that he's the answer to your daily responsibilities. That's the smile we're talking about, and that's what this dynamic relationship produces. It also produces in you a strength that's supernatural. I'm talking about an Ephesians 6.10 strength. 
Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. I'm talking about an Isaiah 40, 31 strength. Can you pull that up there, E? Right? Look what Isaiah 40, verse 31 says. But those who hope in, trust in, expect from, look to the Lord, what happens to them? They renew their strength. In the Hebrew, it says they exchange their strength. They exchange their strength for his strength. When you trust in him, there's an exchange of strength. He gives you his strength and he takes yours, right? There's an exchange of strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. So when you're in a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, supernatural strength comes to enable you to do the things that God has called you to do. Joy is produced in you. So you can know in your life if you're not joyful, if you're getting weary, frustrated, then you can know that there's an area or areas of your life where you're not trusting in him. Because when you're trusting in him in every area, joy grows inside of you. A smile is on your face that nothing can erase. Right? Strength begins to grow inside of you. And something else that this dynamic relationship produces is answers. When you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, you can go to church seven days a week and not be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can have been a Christian since you were zero, right? And not be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And to many believers, to many, that Christianity is something, they, it's a decision they made. At some point, they got baptized in water, they gave their heart to Christ, but they haven't been in a vibrant relationship with him. They haven't been letting the Holy Spirit speak to them and lead and guide their decisions. And they don't realize that Jesus is the answer to their daily lives. God has answers for your daily responsibilities. God will show you how to manage your home. He'll show you how to, to be the best at what you do. He'll provide answers for you that will make you successful in your daily responsibilities. We have a God who knows where you live. And boy, I tell you, it's sad to watch so many believers looking online for answers, calling their friends for answers, looking everywhere but to him. They'll say a little prayer and then they'll just go searching. But they haven't spent time with the Holy Spirit to let the Holy Spirit guide and direct them and give them the answers they need on Monday morning. He's a Monday morning God. He's a God who knows where you live. He relates to what you need today. And that's what this dynamic relationship with God does. It provides real answers for our real lives and our real everyday responsibilities. And last, when we left off about four weeks ago in this series, we learned that, that this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit will cause us to speak differently. And you can tell about the maturity of a disciple of Christ by how they speak. The Holy Spirit will lead you to speak faith-filled words. So if the dynamic part of your dynamic relationship is missing, <laughs> if, if the joy is not there, 
the strength, if you're not getting the answers, chances are one of the main reasons are the words that you've chosen to speak and to believe. Did you know that complaining is a confession of faith? It is. When someone complains, it reveals what they believe. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can quote all the Bible verses you want, but if you're complaining, that's what you really believe is going to happen. That's what you really believe is that becomes your reality. So in this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have come to learn and know that nothing is more powerful than faith-filled words. And we finished up four weeks ago. The last thing that we looked at was the connection between the words that we speak and the words that we believe and how much the Holy Spirit is able to operate in our lives. Let's pick up there. Let's go back to John 3.34. John 3.34. Would you let Jesus take you to the other side today? He wants to do that. He wants to take you from um, confusion to peace. From fear to faith. From worry to confidence. From lack to abundance. From weakness to strength. From sickness to health. And the way to do that is simply putting your faith in his word. John 3.34. So we're going to read a verse here talking about Jesus, and it's very powerful. And it gives us insight. We're going to read it out of the Amplified. We've got it on the screen there because the Amplified kind of opens it up a little bit for us and shows this connection between Jesus, the life that he lived on earth as a man, and how the Holy Spirit could operate in his life because he exampled for us this dynamic duo, a man walking with the Holy Spirit, okay? And it says in John 3, 34, it says, For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's own message. Look at that. God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. So what is the, what, what is the Holy Spirit operating in Jesus' life dependent upon, according to that verse? For since he whom God has sent does what? Speaks the words of God. Because he does that, what does God do? Right? Boundless. Operates boundlessly in his life. Very important to understand that. So when I choose to make the word of God my everything, when I change the way I think and I I change my thinking and I replace wrong thoughts with his thoughts, I'm giving the Holy Spirit permission to operate boundlessly in my life. I'm opening the door to let the Holy Spirit provide answers for me in my daily life. That's one of the great joys of knowing him is that he has answers for you. So there's a connection, major connection between the words we choose to speak and believe and how much the Holy Spirit can operate in our lives. And we have to understand and remember that when Jesus came to earth, he didn't come as God in all of his glory. 
right? We, were, we learned that in, in our Ugly Duckling series last week and the week before, that he emptied himself and he came to earth as a human being like you and me. That means we saw in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus as a boy at age 12, that to him being in church and learning the word of God was more important than his mom and dad. We don't have time to look at that today. If you go to Luke chapter 2, they didn't know where he was, his own mom and dad. It took him three days to find them. The last place they looked was in church. Why? Because his priority in his life was knowing his father, his heavenly father. And theirs was not at that point in time. It wouldn't have taken them three days to find him. If it was, church should have been the first place they looked, not the last God is so good. So Jesus elevated God in his life. He elevated the word of God to the, to the, the center, the, the primary position. Knowing God was his everything. And as a result, the Holy Spirit could operate freely in his life. Someone said to me this morning, they said, I'm hungry. And I've seen God working mightily in this person's life. And I said, that's a prerequisite, being hungry. If you want to hear from God, man, start getting hungry for him. Yes. Desire him, love him, oh, worship hallelujah. him. So this is good. So when you, when you make God like Jesus at age 12 in Luke chapter 2, when you make knowing him your priority, he becomes the first one you consider in every decision. He becomes the first one on your calendar. So the week starts, it's Sunday morning. What do we do? We're here worshiping God. He's first. It's not because of religion. We're not afraid of going to hell. We love him, right? This is not a religious thing. We're so excited about his amazing love that we begin our week by coming here because he's so good and he's so amazing. He's the first one on our calendar. He's the first consideration in every decision. All right, here we go. We're going to the other side. Are you ready? Mark chapter four. Let's go there. So the Holy Spirit, he teaches us to speak differently, to think differently, to receive God's love for us, to put our trust in him, to find the answers that we need by spending time. Do you know when Jesus was a boy, he needed answers? He was living on planet Earth. He didn't have some special force field around him. He could have messed up. He could have chosen not to follow God. Did you know that? He had a free will just like you and me, but he didn't. Thank God he chose to follow him. But do you know he needed answers? His own family members were, were, were wanting him to do something different other than what he was called to do? That's pretty serious. He said, I must be about my father's business in Luke 2.49. His own family didn't understand that. Even after he began teaching and preaching and healing, there was a time when his, his family came to take him away and said, what are you doing? But he loved his father more. He loved his father more. So here's this adult Jesus who knew, who, who's developed this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew, Mark chapter 4, did I say Matthew or Mark? Mark. Mark chapter 4, it says in the beginning of Mark chapter 4 that there was a great multitude, which means thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And Jesus is ministering to them. And if you've ever worked with large crowds of people, you know it can be tiring because they can tend to be uh, moody, 
right? Or if fights can break out, people can, can start uh, biting each other, criticizing each other, needs need to be met. So Jesus is spending all day with his disciples, ministering to thousands of people. And in Mark 4, verse 35, it says in the same day, the same day when they've been ministering to thousands of people, and imagine they're tired. You know, Jesus got tired, right? He was a human being at this point in time. He came to earth as a man. Very important to understand. It's important to understand he faced the same temptations you do. Do you understand what I'm saying? He relates to you. And his answer for you is trusting in him, relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right? So here he is. And and evening comes, it says in verse 35. And after this long day, he speaks to his disciples. And he says, let us pass over unto the other side. All right? Let's pass over from fear to faith. Let's pass over from ignorance to wisdom. Let's pass over from lack to plenty. Let's pass over from hate to love. Right? From sadness to joy. From confusion to peace. And I imagine they they were pretty tired at that point. And in verse 36, it says, and when they had sent away the multitudes. Have you ever tried to send away thousands of people? When I was a a young man in my late teen years, early 20s, I worked at at the roller coaster capital of the world, this amusement park in in the Midwest. And thousands of people, you have like 40-some thousand, 50,000 people in a park in a day. And man, it was a lot of work when you're dealing with crowds of people. So here they are sending away thousands of people, right? And then they took Jesus, even as he was, in the ship, very tired at this point, and they were also, and there were also with him other little ships. Verse 37, and there arose, now why did they get in the ship? Were they sightseeing, going on vacation? Jesus said, let's go, right? So God, God was leading them. The Holy Spirit was leading them to take them from where they are to where he wanted them to be. They had a word from God. They were following him. So they're in the ship now. They're obeying God. They're following him. He's taking them from where they were to where he wanted them to be. And look what happens. A great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship. So there arises this great storm of wind. Are they disobeying God? No, they're with him. They're following him. And what happens? Something unexpected happens. Sometimes unexpected things happen when you're following God. Right? But it's okay if he's with you. Right? So there rises this great storm of wind. I mean, it's so great that waves are beating into the ship. And look, the boat's full. The ship is full. And you know if you've been on the water at all, that that's not a good thing. Right? You want the water on the outside of your ship, not on the inside, right? But look at verse 38. And Jesus, this is the one, the only one in the boat who's in this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. The only one at this point. The one who's in a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, who's in the same ship they're in, the same waves, the same storm, the same wind. He's sleeping on a pillow. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. How is it that he was the only one who had peace? It's that dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus knew something. 
he knew that he was following his father. And he didn't just know that. He knew the character of his father. And he knew that as long as he followed his father, he would safely arrive at his destination. That his father was so good and so loving and so kind that he would protect him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That he would provide for them regardless of the winds that were blowing, regardless of the waves that were, were coming into the ship, that he was safe. He was so safe, he went to sleep. When you have peace, you can sleep. And a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit produces that peace. So the other ones, his disciples, they didn't have that yet. They were learning this from Jesus. Do you know you're just as much as a disciple of Jesus as James, Peter, John, Matthew? You're just as much of a missionary as Paul and Barnabas and Amy Carmichael? We're disciples of his. So there they are. Where are we at? We're in verse uh, 36, right? 38, excuse me, right? 38. After he asleep on a pillow, and let's look what happens here. And they awake him. They are distraught. And look what they say unto him. Master, don't you care? Carest thou not that we're perishing? Don't you see the circumstances that we're in? Don't you understand what we're dealing with? What have they just done? They spoke words to him. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What was in their heart? Fear. Why was there fear in their heart? You could say that. You could say, well, duh. Right? They're, they're on a ship in the sea. Storms are raging. They're both sinking. That's not why they were afraid. Listen closely. They were afraid because they chose to believe that Jesus was not the answer to their problem. They were afraid, not because of the wind, not because of the waves, but because they chose to believe that God didn't care for them. We don't believe that, do we? No. We know he cares for us wonderfully. They were afraid because they didn't know God as their father. So Jesus gets up to show them what it's like to be in a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit in the midst of a storm. In verse 39, he arose. And what does he do? He rebukes the wind. He speaks to the wind, right. not about the wind. Right. Seen so many over the years spend so much time speaking about their problems. He speaks to the wind, not about the wind. He speaks to the sea, not about the sea. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. When you're in a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, you realize that God is your Father. 
your father made the heavens. He made the sea. He made the earth. And because your father made those things, a confidence grows in you that you know these things are now subject to you. To you. Disciples of Christ. So Jesus knew that the wind was subject to him because God was his father. Disciples didn't know that. The disciples thought that they were subject to the wind. They thought they were of the earth. They didn't know God as their father. The father is the one who gives you birth, who provides the seed that produces the life. We're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, his craftsmanship, recreated, born anew. When, the, when your father is the one who made the sea, the sea is subject to you. Verse 40, and he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Who told you that God doesn't care for you? Who told you that God is not the answer to your daily responsibilities? Who told you that? Why are you Googling for answers when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you? Why are you discontent in life when God is your father and he has a plan and purpose and destiny for you that will thrill you like nothing else? And then, and even now in verse 41, they still didn't respond correctly, right? Look what they did. And they feared more, right? (laughs) They feared exceedingly, right? And they said to one another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him, they missed the whole point. Missed the whole point. What manner of man is this? Let's make a statue of him and, and, and worship him. No. Jesus was saying to them, you could have done what I just did. Why didn't you? Why did you believe that God didn't care for you and go through so many days of your life distant from him? Why did you allow yourself to get to this place of fear and worry and anxiety and and aloneness when the Holy Spirit was, was longing to be with you each day? So Jesus is demonstrating what it's like to be in a storm when you're in a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. You speak to it, not about it. And that's what he taught us. He's teaching us to speak to our issues, not about them. Interesting to note, that's what I love about Jesus. He's so non-religious. He's so real. He's so fresh, and he's so today. Religion will teach you to accept the storm. Jesus will teach you to rebuke it. Religion teaches you to accept the storms of life. Jesus will teach you to rebuke them. What was he doing? He's teaching them to be like dad, isn't he? Romans 4.17 talks about our dad. It says, our dad's the one who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. How does God respond to problems? Well, he had some problems back in Genesis. 
Darkness was covering the earth in Genesis chapter one. You know there's no darkness in God, right? Darkness and God are the opposites. It says of God, no darkness is in him, no, no darkness dwells with him, no wickedness, he's pure light. Darkness was covering the earth and he wanted light and life to be in the earth. That's a problem. And he didn't talk about the darkness. He talked to it. And he said, light be. This is how God solves problems. He speaks to them. And God is encouraging us today to do the same thing because we're made in his image. To solve our problems in the same way. Not calling everybody on the phone, telling them about what we're going through and how hard it is. But by coming to him, letting him give us wisdom and guidance and speaking the word that he gives us over our situation. Hallelujah. So how about you guys? Have you spent your time talking to people how bad it is, how difficult it is what you're going through, and how you wish things would change? Well, we're going to do something right now. We're going to change that. You ready to go over to the other side? See, the Holy Spirit wants you to speak to the things in your life that are not as they should be the things in your life that are contrary to God's amazing love to his will for you. And I began to learn this, wow, I guess it was 26 years ago. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) But I began to speak to my life. And I grew up a very sick, weak child. But when I began reading the Bible at the age of 19 and 20 and learned about the healing power of Jesus Christ, Instead of calling different people about my sickness and looking for what medications I can take and doing all these different things, which I grew up in a medical family, I had any drug available to me that I could ever want. My dad was a pharmacist, sister a physician. Instead of doing all that, I began to speak to my body. I looked right at the storm. I said, peace, be still. Lungs, you're strong and healthy. No more allergies. Bronchial tubes, you're clear. Uh, Respiratory system, you breathe freely. In Jesus' name. For with the stripes that wounded Jesus, you have been healed. I wasn't asking God to heal me because I knew he already did it through Christ. I was speaking to the storm. I was speaking to the issues in my body. I said I had an abnormal disc in my lower vertebrae that, that cracked, and I spoke to that abnormal disc, and I said, Wall, disc, you're whole. Every cell whole and fully formed and perfectly shaped and in place in Jesus' name. I began to speak to the bones in my body, to every area of my life. And I saw every area of my life begin to change. Are you ready to do that? Thank you. So maybe you're in a marriage right now, and it's not what, you, what, what God designed it to be. The love, the joy, the peace, the strength isn't flowing like it should. What do you do? Yell at your spouse? That's not going to do it. I'm not in that situation. But if I were, this is what I would do. I would spend time alone with the Holy Spirit. I'd worship him. And I'd say, thank you, Father, that your love is shed abroad in us, that your love is flowing in our marriage, that, that, that we love one another as you love us, that your love and your joy and your peace is overflowing in our marriage and in our home and in our children. Yes. That's what I would do. And I would say that. I'd speak.
speak that over my marriage. And if my spouse didn't know the Lord, I'd say, thank you, Father, for saving them, for opening their eyes, that they are entering into a relationship with you, that they are changed forever by the presence of your spirit. Thank you for saving and delivering them and letting them know how much you love them. I don't even know if I'd say anything to my spouse. I would just speak over the marriage. And if, if there was some fighting going on, they, if they were screaming in my face, I saw my mom and dad tear each other apart when I was growing up. Woo, it was painful. But if, were, if my spouse was screaming in my face, I'd say, I'm so glad that the love of God is reigning in our relationship. Just as they're swearing at me or whatever they're doing, I say, the love of God is here. The love of God is here. The love of God is prevailing in our marriage. The love of God is prevailing in our marriage. If, if, if I was having, experiencing lack in my finances, what I would begin to do is to speak over them. I'd speak to my checking account. Have you ever done that? Speak to my savings account. Speak to my investment account. Speak to whatever account that I have where there's money in it. And I'd say, he became poor that I might be rich. And I, Father, thank you that you're transferring the wealth of the wicked to us. Isaiah 45, that you're given unto us treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. And I begin to speak to it. So what I want you to do right now as we close, I want you to identify a couple areas, maybe one, maybe two, in your life. And we're going to speak to them right now. All right? If my children were having trouble, I would, I would say Isaiah... Uh, 54, great is the well-being of our children. Great is the well-being of our children. Great is the well-being of their children. And their righteousness is from God. Oppression is far from them, for they shall not fear. They'll not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. I say those things anyway, whether they're in trouble. I speak these things over our lives, whether the wind's blowing or not. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so have you identified something? You ready to speak? We're going over to the other side now. Let's stand to our feet. We're going over. We're going all the way. We already made the decision. We're going all the way. We're finishing the race, and we're finishing strong. We're better than Boston strong. We're Jesus strong, right? There's no bomber going to stop us. No way. We're finishing this race. So what is it? You don't have to say it out loud, but you know what it is, right? So I'm going to start speaking the word, and you can start speaking to that problem. I'm going to start making declarations over different areas of life. We're going to talk about healing and prosperity and your children and your marriage. All right? You can just agree with me and say the same thing with me. The main thing is that you're putting your trust in him. You're receiving his love for you, and you're speaking to the wind. You're speaking to the waves, and you're letting him take you to the other side so that tonight you can put your head on the pillow and sleep peacefully. Are you ready? Father, we come before you this morning. We celebrate this new life that you've given us. You've showed us how to live differently. You've showed us, Lord, how to speak to the issues of our life. You've showed us how to rebuke the storm instead of accept it. We don't accept the storm. We don't accept depression. We don't accept depression. We don't accept anxiety. We don't accept fear. We don't accept lack. 
We don't accept these things. We declare that we are full of joy, that in your presence is joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. We thank you that joy is abounding in us right now. Joy is abounding in our hearts, peace in our minds. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mind, you have peace. Mind, you are sound. You are strong. You are quick. You are sharp. You respond to the voice of God. You are uh, processing things properly. Heart, you are strong. Thank emotions, you are, you are strong. Soul, you are strong. Love and joy and peace are reigning in our soul, in our mind, in our will, in our emotions. We speak to lack. Lack, you have nothing to do with us anymore. We are redeemed. The Lord is our shepherd. Therefore, we shall not lack. We thank you, Lord, for richly and ceaselessly providing us with all things to enjoy. We thank you, Lord God, that you are leading us to places of plenty and providing for us more than we could ever need or ask for, more than we've dreamed of or imagined. You are great, and we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Lord. We are saved and delivered. Sickness, you have nothing to do with us anymore. You are, you are, you are gone. You are evicted. You are defeated in Jesus' name. We, Jesus took you. He bore you. He bore you so we don't have to. And we say that with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed in Jesus' name. Body, you are healthy and strong 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every week of every month of every year of our lives for the rest of our lives. We are redeemed. Body, you're redeemed. Respiratory system, you're redeemed. Circulatory system, you're redeemed. Nervous system, immune system, skeletal system, muscular system, nervous system. You are whole. In Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Say it with me. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed. Say it again. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed. Say it again. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed. Say it again. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed. Amen. We thank you, Lord God, that you made your son Jesus poor that we might be rich. We thank you that your blessing is upon our lives and it brings wealth and adds no sorrow to it. And we thank you, Lord, for the wealth that you have brought and are bringing unto us today and, and this week, Father, and this year, for a, this year being a better year, Lord, for our revenues far exceeding our expenses, Lord God, our assets far exceeding our liabilities, Father. We thank you, Lord, for causing us to prosper in every area of our lives. Lack, you have nothing to do with us anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the marriages here. And I thank you, Lord God, that your love is shed abroad in every heart and that your love is reigning in every marriage. Thank you, Father, for your love shed abroad and overflowing and reigning in every home. I thank you for the children that are here. Great is their peace. Great is their well-being. Great is their joy, Lord. Thank you. They're far from oppression. 
They're far from depression. They're far from lack. They're far from sickness because you are their father. And we bless the children here this morning, Father. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Glory be unto God. Thank you for healthy marriages, Lord. Thank you for healthy children, strong, healthy families, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for everyone who is here who may be single and in a relationship with you. Lord, I thank you that they are experiencing your love like never before. They're experiencing your joy and peace, that they're growing in you, that they're going forward on your path for their lives and accomplishing the things that you have purpose for them, Lord. Thank you for fulfilled, satisfied, overflowing hearts in this place. Thank you, Lord God. We have nothing to be afraid of and everything to be glad about. And we thank you for it this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's how you do it. And that's how you do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak to it, right? So I encourage you to speak to it this week. Keep speaking. Keep speaking the word of God over your marriage, over your children, over your family, to your body. Tell the storm to be still because it's subject to you. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.